The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us, as always, Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? Mate, I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to be on the Macca podcast once the again. The Macca podcast, that's it. Such, a, such an honour. <laughs> oh, you're with in greatness his, here, mate. With his majesty once again, so... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, boy, oh boy, we, we, we sort of left our... Uh, our podcast run a little bit later than what we normally do in previous years, but uh, we've had a, uh, a a great time to start, Macca. Absolutely. Yeah, last week was good. We uh, dusted off the cobwebs well, I thought, and uh, looking forward looking forward to a good year on the uh, on the old podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it should be fun. We've we've had a year off and regenerated and. Uh, and we've got heaps of feedback from people on how to improve the show, which has been much welcome and respected. So, yep. one of the one of the one of the bits of feedback, Macca, was to uh, have a shorter show. So, it's been an honour. Have a have a great night, and uh, yep. we'll see you next week. It was good, mate. Good win. Yeah. Review awesome. over. Done. Re- done. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we seriously, we did get some good feedback, and we will try to do some of the different things to uh, to mix it up. So. Uh, yeah, but uh, what do we got tonight? Mate, we've got sponsorship news. We've obviously got the review of uh, of the Brisbane win, which was great uh, to start the season off well, which is good. And uh, But yeah, let's get straight into it with the sponsorship news, mate. MG is on board for five years, which is uh, fantastic as a joint major sponsor. But it's not the MG, the classic car though, right? I thought it was. Or is it a subsidiary of the... The old classic car. The logo looked very similar. I think it's uh, it's definitely to do with the car, mate. Yep. Yeah. So the old English... Uh, I, I was a big fan of the old English MG, to be honest. It was a good car. I was always a fan of them when, oh. I, was, when I was younger. Yeah. I always liked it. That had a bit of style. Yep. But, I mean, the good thing is, like, long-term deal. Five years, apparently. Five years is great. Um, you know, good cash. Don't know necessarily how much cash, but... Yeah, you know, major sponsors, so you'd assume it's good cash. Do you know how much cash it is, Macca? I don't know how much cash it is, but the rumour is it's probably our biggest ever sponsorship deal. So, um, wow. well done to everyone on board who uh, helped in uh, in getting that together. It's fantastic. And, and credit to Andrew Hunter coming onto the, the Big Footy board and actually acknowledging uh, contribution from some of the members, you know, that sort of get help with some ideas and contacts and whatever. And, uh, you know, I think it's great that uh, he as a director has come out, even if it's not even just on our board, and acknowledge that, hey, we've had some help from from other people. And, you know, that's a good thing. Absolutely. And, look, you, you've got to say respect and, and well done to Russell Ebert Handball and Lockhart Road, who seemingly had a, a part to play in getting this deal over the line, which is fantastic. Absolutely, and um, as I was saying privately in our Port Fan Radio chat earlier, you, I really hope that maybe KT, with his uh, letter to the fans that he does once a month, might acknowledge their contribution as well, because I think the good thing is the more minds that we have working together constructively, the better for the health of the club. Um, you know, Yes, they are experts that work there and paid well, but hey, you know, if there's input from other people, um, let's listen to it and see if it can work. So if we can acknowledge those to the, the mass members, well, at least it gives an opportunity for other members to go, well, hang on, I had this idea. Maybe it will provide some value too and send it through. Absolutely, definitely, without a doubt. Um, it's just great to have a, another major sponsor on board because it's uh, it's been a few years since we've had two uh, major sponsors. So to have two of them this year, it's a good start to the season. It's a great start, and I think it's we. I think the my personal hope would be for the club now that you know the board setting a standard that you know from here on in, you know we don't have gap years with sponsors anymore. What do we have to do to just have a continual cycle of sponsors wanting to join us, and what are those activities for success? Because 
it, hurt, it, it deflates the supporters. It undermines a bit of confidence with those running the club. You know, we we start questioning what's going on. And uh, if we can if we can just have some sponsor security, it will also help. You know, stop the jokes with the rivals and stuff as well that think we're a bit of a basket case. And yeah, so onwards and upwards, and a few more are coming over the next couple of weeks apparently. That would be great. That would be fantastic news, indeed. Uh, the more the merrier, as you say. Um, you can never have enough money. That's no. For sure. Did you read anything into KT's comments? I, I saw a few people were passing comment that he he sort of played down the uh, the China influence. Uh, what did, what is your uh, expert view on this? Is there is there anything sinister there, or nothing to see here? I think probably nothing to see here. Yeah. I think it's probably just a comment and, yeah, let it go through to the keeper, I think. Yeah. Who cares? We've got a, we've got a sponsor, so that's all that matters. It's and done. we beat it's some other... It's not bloody uh, some ATM machine <laughs> um, company that barely existed, so it's a, it's a reputable brand name that uh, everyone's heard of, so it's great news. Hey, and we beat some other powerful clubs to get this sponsor as well. Yep. Yeah, Richmond Excellent. and Collingwood. Yep. So great. Excellent. Good start. Yes. Good start. Are you gonna buy are you gonna buy an MG? I'm gonna buy three, mate. Three. three One for each yeah. kid. Yeah, I'm gonna sell off the Renos and uh, and buy an MG. Yeah, three MGs. That's it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to stop taking Uber. <laughs> That's yeah. That's I don't even right. own a car. I just Uber it. Oh, what a life. <laughs> Well, hey, I did the maths, right? Like, if you talk, this is way off topic, but I mean, I guess we should all be looking at how we use our money as effectively as possible, right? So, I also going to, if I bought a, a fifty thousand dollar like Kia Sportage or whatever, hmm. it, it's going to cost me with finance, yeah, right up there. Um, it's going to cost me three, at least three hundred bucks a, a week with petrol and running costs and and interest to run that car. Yep. Right? So if I'm using less than $300 of Ubers to get around, I don't get speeding tickets. don't have to worry about drink driving, not that I drink very much anyway. And it's less than an actual car anyway. So It's a fair point. It's a yeah, good point. We should all think about the mass. When you've got kids, it's a different story, right? You've got to have something to lug them around. But all us single people or, or, or other people that have not have kids... Do the mass because maybe Uber is cheaper. That's but anyway, it. that's not football related. No, it's not. Let's get into the review, which uh, obviously Port played Brisbane in Moreton Bay on Sunday and led for most of the day, coming away with a, a pretty impressive 21-point victory, 14-14 to 12 goals, 5. Uh, Charlie Dixon, the star up forward with four goals, whilst uh, Stevie Motlop kicked three and uh, two of the draftees from, uh, or two of the stars from last year, Rosie and Dersma, added two goals each. Uh, Rick, Morton Bay, are you a fan of the old uh, Morton Bay Bugs, mate? I don't mind the Morton Bay Bugs, and uh, that's up by Noosa, isn't it? Is it around Noosa Way? I think so, yeah. Yeah? It's, uh... it's on the Sunshine Coast, right? Yeah. Yeah, great part of the world, if it is, if it's where I'm thinking it is. I don't go up there too often, but mm. um, Brisbane's about where I stop. But I thought it was a great performance. There was a lot, a lot to like. Um, there was a fundamental change. I don't know if you saw it, Macca, but what I what I saw with the players is they dropped their eyes going forward a lot yep. more than what they have in previous years. Um, yeah, and I think the commentators pointed out um, that they were trying to hit that hot spot, which does lead to a bit of predictability, but it's better than just bombing it long to a tall forward's head uh, where they get outnumbered by four people. So um, I liked it. Uh, I thought the ball movement was uh, efficient, seemed to be crisp and clean. And um, for, a, for the first game, and it's only a trial game, I know I know Al wasn't happy with me uh, sort of just trying to play it down that it's only a trial game and enjoy the ride. But, uh, look, we can't take too much of our trial game, but, uh, look, it's better than a loss. It is what it is, absolutely. And, uh, you know, everyone would have been melting, uh, just like the melted butter over some lovely Morton Bay Bugs. Um, had we lost this game but uh, we didn't, we won, which was great um, I thought we played pretty impressively to be honest and uh, the game style looked better it looked um, 
a little bit different from last year. I thought we looked inside a lot more. We tried to play down the corridor, which was great. Um, I thought we used the ball really quick. Uh, tried to keep it moving a lot. Uh, found quite a lot of space up forward and on the wings as well. And defensively, I thought we were quite sound. You know, to keep Brisbane to 12 goals, you know, they tore us apart a couple of times last year um, on the scoreboard. Um, and yes, it is just a trial game. It's just a preseason game, not getting ahead of ourselves. But uh, you'd prefer to win and look pretty decent than the other option, for sure. Well, I've already about bookmarked us to finish top two after this game. Like, Mate, I just think superstars. Mate, I've already booked an Airbnb for grand final week, so <laughs> happy days. Happy days. Why not? I mean, look, the, I guess there was a couple of things that were still sort of a bit of a concern for me. One is we just let Neil run around like he had rabies. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we have a solution in trying to stop the star players um, having a massive influence or an influence on the game. Um, but that might just be modern football with no taggers anymore. I don't know. Um, but I thought Neil played quite quite well and we couldn't nullify him. And he'd seemed to work harder and was running off the players that were on him. Um, and the other thing I didn't I like... I mean, if, if uh, look, if, if Cam Sutcliffe was out there to terrorise him, I think it would have been a different story. Oh, he would have been, he would have been terrified. Yeah. Terrified by Cam, but he's not there. So. Does Ebert go back to that stopping role? He did that a few years ago. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. We'll talk about Brad Ebert a little bit later on. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where he fits at the moment and what sort of role he can play in the side. But, um, yeah, look, Neil had obviously a, a standout performance. He had, you know, 187 possessions or whatever, or 47 touches, 12 clearances, kicked a goal. He was in everything. Um, but I thought we, uh, we managed to sort of keep everybody else in check, which was nice. Um, Charlie Cameron had no real influence on the game. Uh, we kept their tall forwards. Um, you know, I thought we did an okay job on them. Um, some of their other midfielders, which have traditionally played pretty well against us, we, we held all right as well, I thought. Um, Jimmy Unchained on the uh, on the Spreaker chat has said, uh, now that we are finals locks, will our short back line be our undoing in September? Nah, no way. No. Richmond won with a short back line. doesn't matter. doesn't <clears throat> matter. Short forward no. line, mate, but uh, yeah, same thing. I thought I had a short back line as well. No, not really. No, pretty tall. No, nah, they, they were just short. They only had one just tall short. guy. doesn't matter. They had Nan Curvis and that was it. But the other thing that was a, a bit of a... I would have liked to have not seen, let's put it that way, is us taking our foot off the pedal at the end of the game and letting um, Brisbane sort of get to a closer result. And I think... That's been symptomatic of us in recent times, just sort of, you know, when we've got maybe the game in the bag, just sort of relaxing and uh, and allowing the, you know, just coast to a, a win when we could have sort of driven a higher percentage from a game. And, yeah, so I would have liked to have seen a little bit more ruthlessness. Ruthlessness is good. Um, as you know, Rick, um, this has been a real sticking point for me for decades now ever since like early on in the choco, choco. Era when we used choco. to we used to do this week in week out when we used to win we'd always let the opposition kick the last few goals of the game and it used to absolutely used to infuriate me it still does i'm not that infuriated about it this week doesn't really bother me at all because it is pre-season but uh yes we are port adelaide as we like to say and uh we need to get that ruthlessness back maybe i well, should be a- infuriated by it this weekend, but like, there, there needs to be a point when we do say enough's enough, and look, let's just tear the crap out of them. Well, we did it in in fourteen, right? You know, we sort of yeah. we slaughtered the uh, uh, the average sides, and even in fifteen when we did make finals, you know, we slaughtered the average sides. We just drilled them, but yeah. we just couldn't get over the line in the against the better sides in the close game, but. Yeah, we've just sort of really just eased off again. And, yeah, it was a great – it was a fantastic Choco move to do to sort of manage the players in italic brackets. And I just think it, it sets a standard early. And who knows, I don't know, maybe we just tied out and Brisbane came back. Or, But I hope that, you know, Ken is sort of saying this is not acceptable because it'd be nice from a psychological perspective just to really push hard for the win. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, but, let's talk about some uh, individual performances because there was uh, plenty of surprises out there and some uh, some of the usual heads doing some uh, some pretty good things as well. 
Uh, Charlie Dixon, he um, he has started this season off with a bang with 18 touches, three marks, four goals, three. Um, just the two marks inside 50, um, which I think is a good thing uh, to manage four goals from only the two marks inside 50 for someone like Charlie Dixon. Yeah, he was mobile. He moved around. He, he said after the game what it was his first full preseason in uh, in 10 years, which is... A bit concerning, isn't it? But it is. at least he's at least he's got away with Trav, there. and and he's out there, and uh, he was mobile and running around. So um, yeah, and we we kicked the ball to him a lot better, right? We as did. I inter- as I intimated early, it's not the kicking it behind his head and with him with four defenders on him. No, that's right. We put it in front of him a fair bit, and uh, he was able to run onto it. He only took three marks, so. He didn't have a huge impact in the air, but um, to still end up with 18 touches and four goals, three, was uh, was a mighty effort, I thought. And uh, look, that sort of form is um, is what we hope for Charlie Dixon. Hopefully he can keep it up and, um, yeah, take it into the season proper. How was his one-handed pick-up on the wing? <laughs> he does that a lot. I like it. I like it. <laughs> it was pretty classy. I loved it. A bit of Cuda Fides. It's uh, a bit, not a, a bad bit of Cuda. Thing. Nah. Oh, there's a name from the past. What a great there player that was. Yeah. The Greek freak. That's it. Do you remember, do you remember when Kuda <laughs> reamed us in 2000 at Footy Park? Yes, I do. Do you remember that? Do you remember that game? He reamed everybody in uh, I know, but, but he just absolutely annihilated us that day. Like, God, he was a good player. He was a very good player. In 2000, like that season, oh, it still amazes me he didn't win the Brownlow that year because that was one of the best individual seasons. Yeah, um, you're ever likely to see from a midfielder. Who did win in 2000? Uh, Woe Aiden. <laughs> it's it's got to be a joke, right? He went on to bigger and better things, I think. He, he did. He did. But anyway, he got traded a, a year after that and ended up at Collingwood. So there you go. But Never to be seen again. Who's last from the past? So Port Adelaide, maybe we'll recruit him. Hey, um, who's the next player? Brad Mate, Eagle? Stevie Motlop. Stevie oh, Motlock. Stevie. Where did this come from? I'm not sure where we had him in our discussion in the first podcast. I'm not even sure if we mentioned him. But, well, I um, think I said that Stevie was going to be Ken's pet. That's year. right. That's right. Well, look, if he's going to pull out performances like this, he's going to become everyone's pet, I think, because 22 touches, three goals. He was pretty much the MVP for me. Um, tore the game up in that third quarter or th- end of the third, start of the fourth. He kicked three great goals in a matter of about 10 minutes and uh, and that was the game, really. Yeah, well, I had a I had a theory last year that he might have been injured. Like, I saw him running off the ground a couple of times during games when he played, obviously, um, where he had a significant limp and yep. he had he had a bit of a limp when he went to a corporate function during a game when he wasn't selected near the end of the season. Okay. So I was, I'm just wondering if maybe last year he was carrying uh, some foot injury that they didn't talk about publicly uh, that affected his performance. But, um, yeah, I thought he had a fantastic game. How could you not like his game? You know, his pace, um, great kicking for goal, used the possessed. ball well, bit of flair, which is something we desperately need because outside of... Uh, Rosie, it was sort of a lacking that we had some flairish players and Gray, sorry. So, um, you know, and he's that type of player that's got that sort of X factor. So yep. we desperately need him standing up more often than not. Well, if Connor Rosie's going to spend more time up the field in the midfield, then we need someone to take over that sort of goal kicking. And um, there isn't really someone that really stands out at the moment. Um, you know, Farrell possibly, Motlop possibly. Look, if if Stevie can, you know, kick three, he doesn't have to kick three goals a week. That'd be ridiculous. But um, you know, if he can have a thirty goal season, um, that can only mean good things for Port Adelaide. Well, I mean, someone I noticed someone said to me, um, you know, you might get that one in six games from Stevie, and and that was his Geelong form as well. But I thought he was a little bit more consistent than that at Geelong. Well, look, he was up and down, but uh, he still had some very good seasons there. Um, and look, it's fair to say he hasn't shown his best at Port Adelaide outside of a couple of uh, memorable moments. But um, look, if he can pull that out, then then it's a great thing, I reckon. If you if you got if you were, if I said to you, I'll guarantee you, you have to play him for 
every game this year if he's fit. But I guarantee you six of those performances like he played in the preseason, would you take that? Yeah, probably. Yep. Because they're almost match-winning performances, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, that's probably six guaranteed wins that you have. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes we, we get our expectations set a little bit too high as supporters and we see we see something like this from someone and we think, oh, they should be doing that all the time and we forget that, you know, they get nullified more, they get blocked more and attention gets given to them. Um, yeah, so it's, it's very difficult for that sort of player to stump up week in and week out. But, yeah, I think but he's one of those players we spoke about that we need to deliver – um, some sort of excellence during the season for us to be a finals contender. No doubt. No doubt at all. Uh, next player I want to talk about is Dan Houston, who's uh, looks like becoming a full-time midfielder this year. He had 21 touches, 10 clearances. How did you see his performance? Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was... He was not highly noticeable. Um, yeah, but I guess it, it was that sort of grunt sort of role um i loved when we were kicking to the left of screen so it might have, was that the second quarter um there was one passage of play around the 50 meter line up forward where he got the ball and he just had that extra time that we've been talking about that dan creates for himself so picked up the ball and he was just yeah he was in the pack but he looked to distribute it didn't and then kicked it unfortunately kicked a point but you could just see that he's able to produce more time than a lot of other players uh, on the field, which is what you want from a, a potential star midfielder. So, uh, but yeah, I just thought he he did his job, and you know, it was he, to me it looked like he was playing a trial game, but he still played hard, put his body over on the line, and uh, yeah, what did you think? Look, I thought it was I thought he was a little bit poor to start with. I thought his first quarter was terrible. Uh, but he worked into the game all right. Look, it wasn't his best performance. Um, it was a bit sloppy. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he was great, but the signs are there that he's going to be great. Because if you can have a poor game and still get those sorts of numbers and still have a, a positive impact on the result, because he did have a positive impact on the result. Um, but I just thought his skill level was un-Dan Houston-like for much of the game, I thought. It looked um, like a player that was... He knew, who knew... That he was playing a preseason game. Yeah, he was going in second gear. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the midfield this year for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Connor Rosie just does Connor Rosie things. Um, Did, was his goal better than the Chad or the Monfrey's 90 degree goal? No. Nah. Nah. No? Nah. He did it from much further out. Yeah, but it's a practice game. Like, yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's still, winning a showdown or in a practice game. Like you take you take Monfrey's every time. It's not like Monfrey's meant to do it. Though. Right angles, right. Tim. Right angles. <laughs> look, he's a gun, Connor Rosie. We know he's a gun. And look, he, again, barely got out of second gear and still had 19 touches, kicked a couple of goals, got concussed for Moff sat there, sat on the bench for a quarter and still dominated. So happy days for him. Yeah, Connor's great. Love him. Great player. What else can you say? Like, yeah, he's fast. Create again. Creates time. He's got flair. Um, yeah, you can see that eventually he'll probably transmission, 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 transmission. into trans. Uh, you know what I mean. He'll speaking, get to the cars. Transition <laughs> to the midfield. I was thinking of a transmission vamp. <laughs> Do you remember that band? Oh, I remember that band, yeah. I love that band. It was, I remember it was, the lead singer, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a great, made a couple of great songs. But anyway, um, you'll see eventually he'll be in the midfield. Um, but I don't think we need to hurry. You know, we've got plenty of midfielders. Um, yeah, and I think we need probably his influence up forward a little bit more than the midfield right now. For sure. Those numbers with just 57% game time, so 19 touches, two goals, good effort, eight tackles as well. Uh, Peter Laddams, who uh, led the ruck with uh, Scotty Lysett away. Um, how did you see his game? I thought he was okay. I mean, he, he just sort of continued on from what he showed last year. He, he's a ball winner. Um, he gets in there. He's mobile. He's athletic. Um, 
I sort of, yeah, I mean, some people were saying that he was going to get, uh, their comments were that he'll be monstered during the season by the bigger players. But uh, I think, yeah, he's a good tap Rutman. Um, centre square work, he probably might be okay. And maybe Lysett does a bit more of the uh, the wrestling around the ground. I don't know, but I think he's I think he's important to our team structure. What about yourself? Look, Scotty Lysett's our monster ruck. You know, he's the one to go up against the gorillas. Peter Laddams, he's a better version of Matty Loby in that he's more athletic. He's got a good, decent leap. He follows up the ball well, gets the ball, um, gets a lot of possessions around the ground, does all that sort of stuff well. Um, you know, will he get monstered by Gorilla Rucks? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Look, I I didn't think he started the game at all well. I thought um, it felt like there was a bit of a disconnect between him and the midfielders. Like he was winning taps, but um, Brisbane were sort of running away with the clearances. But to turn that around throughout the game, uh, I thought was a really good effort by him. Um, I thought he had a pretty decent game overall. Um, 17 touches, 26 hitouts, had the six clearances as well. Um, most importantly, Port won the clearance battle. They won by five. I think we were plus 21 or something on contested possessions as well. So statistically, I thought we did a pretty good effort through that midfield. And I think it was led by Peter Adams through the, the final third quarter, uh, final three quarters. But I think the future looks bright for us with uh, Pete in the side. And I take great offence to comparing him to Matt Loby. What's wrong with Matty Lobey? Well, Matt wasn't very mobile. He couldn't take a mark, and he really didn't get many possessions. Uh, he couldn't take the a only, mark. That's right. The, that's he did that's have, why I he said did... he's a better version of Matty Lobey. No? Oh, come on. <laughs> you could say he's a better version of Fabian DeLuca as well. <laughs> Mate, anyone right. is, no one is a, is a better version of Fab. He was a star. <laughs> he was. I mean... But the thing is, like, you know, the only thing Matt Lobie had going for him, that he, he would get in and tackle, right? But his possessions were always down and stuff. I, I think, you know, he, I still think if Laddam keeps, Laddams keeps this trajectory, he, he could be sort of Cox X or maybe Goldstein in his, you know, the few years peak uh, heyday. But, yeah, I think he's getting there. But he's still young and, you know, he, his transition from... Last year, the year before, or escalation in quality was amazing. So no doubt. let's see what he can produce this year. I think we're in good stead with our rucks, with, with Scotty, with Pete there. Um, Ha-ha in the speaker chat wants him on a seven-year contract. Uh, Got to agree with that. No. Can we just Just, just stop. make it eight. Make it eight. Can we, no, no more than three. We, we hand out five-year contracts like candy. It's just like, it's crazy. Yeah, this isn't five, this is eight. No, do it. three. Three. Let's do it. Pete Laddams three. for life, mate. Pete Laddams no. for life. Three. No, no, more, look, no more long contracts. We've been speaking about a couple of players who look like they were in second gear. Look, uh, Hamish Hartler was throwing himself around like it was a grand final. Mm. I thought he played a great game. I thought he was uh, in our top two. Really? Yep. You had him in your top two? Top two, mate. Well, I guess he's a leader and he was trying to set the standard. Yeah. It was good he had the 18 touches across half back, used the ball really, really well, um, kicked a goal as well. Uh, I thought it was a, a really good effort. So um, you're displacing, uh, are you displacing Dixon out of the top two or Motlop out of the top two? No, I think Motlop, Motlop, Hartlett, Dixon would be my top three. Oh, gee, well, you got a soft spot for. Hamish, don't you? Or is it a or is it a hard stick? Which one is it? It's a hard stick, mate. Definitely a hard <laughs> stick. Yeah. Hey, but good on him. Like good signs. Good signs. Because he was another mark, that uh, kind of struggled a little bit through the second half of last year. He had some good games, had some terrible games. But um, look, if he can come into the season in a good mindset, in good form, then again, that's only a good thing. So you compare. The same draft, Hamish versus Rich. Who's had the better career? Oh, probably Rich. Yeah? Yeah. Is it close? Oh, no. Not really. I don't know. Oh, look, 
I'm harsh on Hamish because I think he's a mighty talent, but I don't think he's delivered anywhere near enough on his potential. He had mm-hmm. he's had probably two decent seasons, and the rest I reckon he's under delivered. Whereas I think Rich has been a bit more consistent throughout his career. Yeah, Rich had that ACL that sort of slowed him down for two seasons, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, but I mean they're very similar players too, though, right? Halfback flank, big penetrating crit kicks, um, probably. Probably both of them could do a little bit more than what they did um, so far. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that Hamish can finally deliver, like, an excellent, consistent season. Wouldn't it be great for Hamish to maybe get a BNF before he retires? Well, it would be nice because it means he's obviously had an exceptional season to get that that sort of award. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of our young kids from last year, Zach Butters, uh, I thought he played a mighty game as well. and He you know, did. He had uh, 15 touches, I think it was, and kicked a, a nice uh, nice goal, uh, thanks to some good work from uh, Pal Pepper. But his ball use was exceptional. Um, you know, Everything he touched turned to gold, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. He's got skill, right? He's got, again, like he's got skill, he's got flair... Um, he puts his body in. He he's a pure footballer. He just knows how to play the game. Composure, lots of composure, which is what we need. We keep banging on that we've never recent times not enough composure. He is a composure player, and yes, I agree. I I thought he used the ball fantastic, and I love his creativity. I think he's a, a good player, and he was always going to struggle second half of last year, wasn't he? I mean, he was such a slender frame. Yeah. Um, the big bodies were going to wear him down eventually. I mean, it's just, you know, for a, a small kid, it's just unrealistic. Yeah, you know? so it's good to see that he's backed it up. He's put on a little bit of size and uh, he had some influence and I'm I'm positive he's going to be there round one. Yeah. You just want the ball in his hands because you know he's going to use it. Absolutely. I hope he has that little bit of mongrel again this year and uh, Ken doesn't tell him to tone it down. That's it. Speaking of mongrel, Sammy Pepper, he had a really good game as well. 23 touches, um, had something like seven or eight score involvements as well. Um, three clearances, seven tackles. Uh, he was right up there in our best players, in a new sort of roll-up forward. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. I love the Peps. Pep's great. Pep's great. Look, his best games are fantastic. He just needs to... Um, shorten the gap between his best and his worst. That's the that's the issue with Pepper, and hopefully this year is the year that he can do that. Look, he was destined to have a blip year. Like he started off so strong, had the issues we spoke about last last week. Um, yeah, so it was inevitable. But I mean, the one thing he does, he he just he does intimidate players. He, he's got, and he did that on on the weekend. You know, he just attacks the body and puts on pressure. Yeah, so if he can keep that focus and continue to do that, that's exactly what Port Adelaide needs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brad Ebert had 10 touches and a goal, three marks. Um, How did you see his game and where do you see him fitting in this year? Um, I don't see him fitting in, to be honest. I think we spoke about him last week as well, didn't we, that... um, it's hard to see a, a real spot in the side for him at the moment. No, look, I just think I think he's lost a bit of his legs. Um, yeah, I think the head knocks have maybe affected him a little bit, mm. um, which I can understand completely. And as I said last week, you know, in a way, I probably wish the club tapped him on the shoulder and just said, "Look, thanks for your service. Look after yourself. Look after your family." Um, you know, he's done the hard yards, right? Mm. And it's not to say that he's not a good player or can't be a good player, but I just, I just, I just worry about his health overall. And uh, yeah, I just, I think he's a fringe player. And honestly, I think maybe the only spot for him at the moment is if we want to run, have that run with player. Yeah, look, he's had a good career. I'm not sure if this forward role suits him. Um, you know, he was a bit up and down last year. He had a couple of games where he kicked three goals and looked all right, and then he backed that up with games where he barely got a touch. Um, oh, I just don't... I don't know. He needs to be involved in the play more. But as you say, it feels like he's lost his legs a little bit. What we've come to know and expect from Brad Ebert is that hard gut running. Um, you know, he's one of the best runners in the league. 
And, uh, you know, if he's not doing that, then you've got to wonder what he's doing. Uh, for me, I don't have him in, in my round one side at the moment. Yeah. I don't think so. I just, yeah, I just... And look, we don't... We want him pushed out, right? If we're going to get better, these players, like the Ebert, the Westhoff, and even the... Uh, um, West, yeah, Rockcliffe, they need to be pushed out. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, Todd Marshall, he had a, a bit of a quiet game, four marks, just the six touches, no goals. Um, is that good enough, given that um, it sort of freed up Charlie to kick four goals and have a big impact on the game? Um, not really. But I think what was interesting... Um, I think I don't know if it was Triby on the forum, but someone pointed out the stats that when Marshall plays, we win like eighty percent of the games. Yeah, that's right. Same and when and when it and when he doesn't play, yeah, we win like twenty percent or something. Yeah. So um, I guess I don't think it's good enough, and I didn't think he was in the right positions. But at the same time, when he plays, we win. So what do you do? Look, he demands attention from a, a key defender, which frees up space for Charlie Dixon to have more of an impact. And uh, hopefully this year, someone like Georgiades and some of our smalls as well. So there is that, and you can see why it works. Um, but I mean, you don't want to spend you, your you, whole... You want, you, him you, to, you want him to have an impact as well. You want him to kick a couple of goals and take some marks. You don't want to spend your career as just a decoy player. I mean, because you're going to get chopped eventually because they're going to look mm. at your stats and go... Yeah, not good enough. We'll put someone else in and see what they can do. So, yeah. I mean, it works for a while, but, you know, I mean, and I, I, I thought it was an interesting comment I saw post-game where someone said oh, he could come out next game and kick four goals. How many well, times could... has Mar- How many times has Marshall kicked four goals? He's done it once. Once. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we really need Todd to stand up and clunk some big marks and kick a couple of goals and... You know, I think if he averaged a goal and a half a game, I think we'd all be happy with that, right? Yeah, I think so. Again, like, similar to Motlop, if Marshall can have a 30-goal season, um, that puts us in good stead, I think. And, look, I think yeah. he's got that sort of numbers in him. Because, again, that's only a goal and a half game, really. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, and, I mean, you think a mobile, but now a fourth-year player, that tall with that speed... You would hope that they could influence the game on average one and a half goals a game. So, um, so yeah, I'm sort of on the fence with Todd. I want him to be successful, you know. And so, yeah, he's had a horrible journey, but he's persevered. So, you know, he's one of those guys that you just want to be successful. But I think now is the time that he just has to believe that he wants it too. I mean, you look at George Artis, which, um, you know, first game and he's just flying and going for the ball. He's just got that confidence, right? That's yeah. Right. We just need Todd with that same sort of confidence. Yeah. Well, look, let's talk about Mitch George Artis. And look, he'd be pretty chuffed at the moment because his initials are on the Guernsey now for good. So um, <laughs> he'd be pretty happy about that. And uh, look, I thought he was pretty decent out there. You know, he had nine touches, took a couple of marks, flew, flew around a bit. Um, yeah, I made a couple of mistakes, but uh, overall, I thought it was a, a promising performance for his first game. Did it, and did he have the Mark Tyler mullet? He's got a little bit of a Mark Tyler mullet, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like it. I thought I, I thought I saw the Mark Tyler mullet going on there with George Hardy. So Some sort of play. But yeah, he's. Um, I thought he was exciting. Yeah, it's it's good just to see a young kid going in and just. Yeah, backing himself in, not being intimidated, <coughs> excuse me, and having a fly. And I mean, at least having a fly, they're going to bring the ball to ground. And you know what? What kills us as supporters is the opposition defenders just taking, uh, you know, uncontested marks in the in our forward line. You know, and then they run it out freely. So if we can slow that slow that down, and he seems to move well, Macca. He does. He moves very, very well. He's got a good leap. Uh, he's got a nice kick. Uh, he's a good athlete. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how he develops this year and well into the future. Is so, he 191 centimetres? Yeah, he would be, yep. Okay. Absolutely. Right, on to questions from Bigfooty. And uh, Interstater has the first one, which is, uh, I'd be interested in hearing who your round one selections are at this point in time. 
and uh, the reasons for the differences in opinion uh, between us. In particular, do we select one or two Ruckman and uh, who is our forward six? Mm. Do you want me well, to list to... my team, mate? And uh, we can talk about that. Sure. Right, defenders, I've got Burton, Cleary, Jonas, Hartlett, Watts, DBJ, and I've got Bonner on the bench as well. So you're putting Watts in? I'm putting Watts in, yep. Without a, without a game in the preseason? Correct. Okay, yep. Correct. Yeah, look, he's my natural fit for centre-half back for me. I think uh, I think he's the player that I want there over someone like Westhoff, to be honest, or McKenzie. Who was, uh, who was number seven? Uh, Bonner. Yep. Uh, midfield, I've got Dersma, Boak, Amon, Lysett, Houston, Rockliffe, and I've got Butters and Laddams on the bench. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward, that one, I think. Mm-hmm. So you got the two rucks. Got the two rucks, yep. Got go on the two rucks. And forward line, I've got Pow Pepper, Marshall, Rosie, Georgiades, Dixon, Motlop, and Robbie on the bench. Yep. Robbie would be offended by that. Well, yeah, probably. So no Westhoff? No Westhoff, no Ebert. And Wine's wine's injured. Unfortunately, I haven't had time to do my team, but I would say that Wine's wouldn't be in there due to injury. Ebert wouldn't be in due to his form. I wouldn't have Rockcliffe in either, and I wouldn't have Westhoff in, in that side. Okay. Tobin Cox would be out at this point in time. Yep. Um, and uh, I can't even remember the rest of the names, but that would be about it for now. A couple of the fringe dwellers. Otherwise, I'd agree with the rest of your your side. Okay. So, uh, um, yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, we just need to cull some of those old guys. And, and even Rocky, he looked a bit slow. You know, I just – I worry about his shoulders and uh, – Maybe he needs to wait until the uh, the dew comes in, you know, round six or seven. That's it. Um, yeah, maybe that's when his time to shine. And and with Ollie, would you be playing Ollie after he's had a few runs in the SANFL? We seemed to rush him back last year. We did. Uh, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be against putting him in the SANFL to get a bit of touch. Yeah. Because his form last year was pretty disastrous for the main part. So, yeah. Give him a run around, let him have 40 touches at SANFL level and bring him back in. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Next question. Port85 has asked, uh, imagine that you're the coach of Port Adelaide Footy Club and you're calling a player into your office for a one-on-one chat based on their performance in in the Marsh Round 1 match. Uh, what player would it be and what would your message be? Well, I think I sort of gave it away. I'd be bringing in Marshall because I think he's yeah. important and I'd be saying, son, it's your time. I believe yep. in you, boy. Yes. Right? You're a giant. You've got big hands. You're athletic. You run. You tackle. Now go get the ball. Believe Resist in yourself. And present. And get, and get the ball, man. Stop get the being ball. a decoy. That's it. I like it. Uh, Sleazy has asked, uh, not relevant to the game, just played, but uh, is interested in our thoughts on our drafting from last year. That's probably a question for you, Macca. Probably, probably. Look, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I wasn't overly keen on the Bergman pick at that point. Um, I was pretty, I don't know, I, th- I thought there was probably a couple of other players available that I was more keen on at the sta- at that stage. But um, look, I got Desmond wrong, so who knows with that one. Um, I was... Pretty chuffed that we got Georgiades uh, where we was, and I was absolutely cock-a-hoop that we got Williams at that point because at the start of the year, he was, I think I had him second or third on my list. Um, he didn't have a great season. He, he had some injury issues, um, but his form as a, as a bottom major in the uh, NAB League finals was best ever. Like he, he put in a stunning performance, and he could be the absolute steal of this draft at that point. I think that's great. Jackson Mead, where we got him, um, was excellent where we got him because uh, it allowed us to use those three first draft picks as well. And uh, look, Pacini in the in the rookie draft, I think, is a really clever pick because I think he's um, you know he's a decent chance of being a player. 
So, Williams, were you disappointed he wasn't playing on the weekend? Uh, not really. Not really. I think he'll obviously get a game this week with the uh, with the under-23s against the Crows. And um, well, would, I wouldn't be against seeing him um, in the second Marsh game as well. I think that'd be good. Yeah, I hope so. It'd be good to see him play. Yeah. Well, I think he's someone that might be a bit inconsistent through his first year, but uh, the talent's definitely there. He's got a great leap. Uh, he just knows where the goals are. And if you watch a couple of his goals in the internal trial, like he's just he's just got that knack. He just knows where they are. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player. Excited. Absolutely. Definitely excited about him. So, yeah, overall, I think it was a pretty good draft. I was pretty happy. Yeah, and I think it's a draft where we could take those couple of speculative picks, the risk-reward type picks after the, the last year and the year before. So, And we need it. We need to have a... We need to hopefully, fingers crossed, though, the risk-reward pays off. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Eskimo PAFC has asked, um, what is our pl- what would your plan be for Marsh 2 versus the Bulldogs? Um, do we play best available, or do you think there's still a couple of other things we should look at trying out? No, you want to be building momentum for round one. So I would want to be, you know, maybe culling the team just a little bit and uh, trying to get to that uh, round one side because, you know, Gold Coast pub Geelong and, you know, they're going to be young and firing and hungry in the first couple of rounds. So we need to be on our toes and ready to go. Yep, I'm pretty much on the same wavelength. Um, look, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some a couple of the other younger kids Get a, get a go, but um, otherwise, yeah, look, we spoke about it last week that um, it was great to see us name such a strong side in the first preseason game because usually we don't. Usually we play all the kids and, um, you know, we, we seem to start seasons a little bit underdone sometimes. But, yeah, look, I'm, I'm pretty happy if uh, if we go in with best available in, uh, in round two for sure. I mean, we can be one and three. Or three and zero, depending on how we play our cards in the the first three rounds. Yeah, I reckon. So I think Adelaide's going to be a bit of a shambles this year because they're obviously rebuilding. So you'd think that we'd win that showdown, um, you know, especially with the new coach as well. So, but yeah, you know, the flip of a coin thing with Gold Coast and and North Melbourne. But I think they're great opportunities, and I'm sure you'd take three and zip if we can have it. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Uh, two more questions. Sleazy is asked uh, to make our best 22. The side that beat Brisbane needs to lose six players. Assuming Robbie Gray and Lysett are in our best 22, uh, which of those drop out? And uh, mm. well, I've already mentioned them. So I've got seven dropping out. I've got Mays, Ebert, Lynott, Farrell, Westhoff, McKenzie and Cox dropping out with Lysett, Gray and Watts coming in. And yep. Wines injured. McKenzie did okay though, didn't he? I think he did all right, yeah. Tried to hit the cover off the ball and uh, sort of miskicked it a few times, but um, look, I thought he was pretty solid. And look, if Watts doesn't get up, I'd be okay with McKenzie coming in at centre half back. Mm. You'd think with the the strategy of foot, modern football of clustering, you know, the bulk of the players around that fifty sixty metre zone of the ball, someone like Hartlett and McKenzie could be such powerful weapons if used mm. correctly because they can sort of they can push that that sort of zonal ball press so to speak uh, a little bit away from uh, from the, the area so stretch it out which then allows for you know a short kick inside to try and run an attack and open it over the top or just you know do that big boot over the top yeah you know, I don't think any team has really mastered it yet and, and using that type of player but I think uh, in the future, that's uh, going to be a, a big play. Absolutely. And last question for tonight, Sleazy is asked, do you think a tall forward line of Dixon, Laddams and Georgiades would be effective? He's having Laddams as the chop-out for Lysett enough of a benefit to outweigh his lack of effectiveness as a forward. And Marshall? Obviously no Marshall in that situation. Well, it's either Laddams or Marshall, right? You're probably going to interchange. I think the question's more going to be how long will uh, Ken hold his nerve and play two or three tall forwards? 
uh, till round three, traditionally, I think, <laughs> is the answer to that one. Um, but look, I, I'm not sure. Look, I I've obviously have Laddams and Marshall in my side um, going on that round one team. I think Laddams can be effective as a forward. I think, um, you know, he obviously spent a lot of time there in his first couple of seasons on our list um, due to guys like Loby and, and that uh, playing at SANFL level and Frampton as well. Um, but look, I think um, I think Laddams has the capability of taking a mark and kicking a, a goal or two up forward. Yeah, I like uh, Laddams as a potential chop-out forward. Mm. So, um, look, I think you've got to give him a go. And if we, I mean, Marshall's a good runner. Laddams is a good runner. Georgie Artis is a good runner. So it's not like we're excessively slowing our team down. I mean, all of those guys would probably run faster than bloody Rockcliffe and Ebert and White. Yeah. You know? So it's not like we're slowing ourselves down by playing these guys. Yeah, that's right. Well, mate, that's it for this evening, buddy. Pleasure. We'll be back Survive. next week. We'll be back next week to talk about the uh, under eight, uh, sorry, under twenty three's Crows game. Uh, so hopefully we can get a win there, and, and the kids get some uh, get some excitement from that. Is it televised? I think it should be streamed online. Cool. Yeah. Any uh, any news or gossip to happen this week for Port? You're always in the know. Uh, not that I've heard, mate. No. no. All righty. Nothing awesome. boring on that part, mate. Well, I can uh, I can now get over my jet jet lag from my trip to Melbourne and uh, go to bed. It's a long flight, mate. So uh, oh, rest mate, up, I'm, rest well. I'm sh- I'm shattered. I'm ready to ready to sleep. That's it. All right, buddy. Awesome. We'll Until see you next week. week. Adios. Can the pair. Punched away by Michael at ground level. Here's a chance for Stevens. Stevens goes high and long towards the goal square. Two or two. Back. He's had a marvellous game. He puts him in front. Brilliant goal. What a classic. Roger.